If you brought a Bible tonight, go please with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Si trajo su Biblia esta noche, vaya conmigo por favor a Primera de Corintios, el capítulo 10, el verso 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 16. Tonight as we celebrate this communion service, I want to share with you from the Word of God the words of the Apostle Paul concerning the table of the Lord. Esta noche al venir a este servicio de comunión, venimos a las palabras del Apostol Pablo concerniente la mesa del Señor. Paul writes here to the Corinthian church, a church that had many issues like the American church today. And he writes to them concerning the table of the Lord. He writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 16, verso 16, Is not the cup of blessing which we bless a sharing in the blood of Christ, and is not the bread which we break a sharing in the body of Christ? Since there is one bread, we who are many are one body. For we are all partakers of one bread. Look at the nation of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifice sharers in the altar? So do I mean then that a thing sacrificed to idols is anything, or that an idol is anything? No, but I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not know, I do not want you to become sharers in demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? For we are not stronger than he, are we? Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you tonight. For the presence of the Holy Spirit which we sense in this room. We thank you as well for the power of the word of God. Which is able to quicken our spiritual and physical life. I ask tonight that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of God with power. And I ask as well that you would anoint the hearing of this congregation. That they might hear the word and rejoice receiving it into their hearts. We ask that in Jesus name and the church said amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. The church since the time of Christ has practiced communion. It is a covenantal meal. Desde los tiempos de nuestro Señor Jesucristo, la iglesia ha practicado la comunión. La mesa del Señor es una comida de pacto. A covenantal meal means that it is the meal that is enjoyed upon the signing of a very particular covenant. La comida de este pacto es un símbolo de la comida, comida en la entrar a este pacto. And Jesus gave us this covenantal meal as a reminder to the church until he comes of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Jesús le dio a la iglesia esta comida de pacto que sería un recordatorio para cada uno de Los creyentes hasta la venida del Señor Jesucristo. Fortunately that we celebrate 
of the Passover and Easter season at least once a year. Gracias a Dios que celebramos la Pascua una vez al año y celebramos la resurrección una vez al año. Because at least once a year the church is reminded of the death, burial, and glorious resurrection of Christ. Una vez al año la iglesia es recordada de la muerte, sepultura y resurrección de nuestro Señor Jesucristo. But in fact, every time we come to the Lord's table, we are also celebrating Easter. Cada vez que venimos a la mesa del Señor, estamos celebrando la Pascua. We're celebrating the death, the burial, and resurrection of Christ. Some churches practice it on a weekly basis. We here practice it monthly, some every few months, and so on. The Bible never really says how often you should receive the communion. It only says that we are to do so as often as we do it in remembrance of Christ. La Escritura nunca dice que debemos tomar la cena del Señor cada vez en cuando, sino que dice que todas las veces que la comieres, que la comas en recordar la, la persona, la muerte y la resurrección de nuestro Señor Jesucristo. I think tonight it's important for us to understand the covenant meal because while there is no cross for you and I to go and see, on Mount Calvary. And while uh, it might be a long and, uh, and tedious journey for you to arrive in Israel and see the place where Jesus walked and talked, when you and I receive the communion, we are receiving the very things that Jesus spoke about to us as symbols of his death on the cross and what he would accomplish there and his resurrection and the covenant that you and I would enter into by his grace. And so I want to share a few moments tonight as we prepare to take the communion with you. I want to share with you the, the significance of the Lord's table. The Bible tells us that God is a family God. How do we know that? Because all throughout Scripture, we see him again returning to the family. The family is a center, centerpiece of the Bible from, from the creation of Adam and Eve to the establishment of the nation of Israel through the Jewish people. We see the uh, relationship of God to us on a family basis. We call God our father, not our boss, not our um, president or our governor or captain, but rather our father. It is a family relationship. Cuando relacionamos nuestra vida con Dios, es una relación familiar. Es una relación, no, uh, no le llamamos a, a Dios como nuestro uh, mayordomo o como nuestro capitán o gobernador, sino como nuestro padre. Un término familiar. And so God has given to us as his family what every one of our families has, and that is a table. How many of you have a table in your house? ¿Cuántos tienen mesa en su casa? I had a good idea about that. Some people don't have a whole lot, but we almost always have a table. Aunque su familia no tenga mucho, casi siempre tenemos una mesa. There are three main things that happen at a table. Hay tres cosas mayores que ocurren en la mesa. 
And uh, in particular, when you and I come to the table, we come to eat. Cuando venemos a la mesa, venemos a comer. And uh, all of us tonight, I hope, have had or will have dinner. Espero que todos esta noche han cenado o van a cenar. But I hope there's a table in your future. Say amen, somebody. Espero que haya una mesa en tu futuro esta noche. Y... Um, Quizá usted dice, Pastor, si usted predica corto, voy a llegar a la mesa más temprano. Maybe you'll say, Pastor, if you preach a short sermon, I'll get to the table quicker tonight. Well, I'm going to get you to the table as soon as I can. But I want you to understand that when we come to the table, we come to eat. But that's not really why we come there. Eating is a, is a partaking, a sharing of our lives together. El comer junto... En una mesa es el compartir nuestra vida con uno y el otro. Uh, I uh, have a, uh, a Bible school that I direct in the summer. Tenemos un instituto bíblico que yo dirijo en, en, los, uh, en la época de verano. And when, uh, when we have lunch and dinner, we, are, uh, we all eat together. Whether there's 30 of us or, or 15 of us, we all eat at the same table. It's a big table. Tenemos una mesa grande. Todos comemos juntos. Si somos 30, si somos 20 o 15, todos comemos juntos. And there's one rule at Bethel that uh, is inviolable. Hay una regla ahí en el instituto que no se puede violar, and that is that we do not allow cell phones at the table. No permitimos los telefones celulares en la mesa. I would encourage you, as your pastor, to outlaw cell phones at your table. Uh, yo les animaría a ustedes, como su pastor, a declarar que no va a haber un celular en su mesa. Because, you know, a lot of times, when we're at the table, we're there to share one another. Cuando estamos en la mesa, estamos ahí para compartir uno con el otro. But, in fact, you have a, a member of the family that's sharing with somebody else on their text message. And then somebody else might be playing a video game and somebody else is watching YouTube and nobody is sharing the table. Y, y si todos están en su, teléfono, en, en su celular, ya todos están en, en un video, un juego o en un mensaje y no están compartiendo juntos. And I think this is a, a downfall in America. Este es uno de los decaídas de nuestro país. Que hemos olvidado lo significante que es la mesa. We have forgotten as a nation how significant the table is. And this didn't happen last year or at the outset of the iPhone. This happened when the television came into our homes. Esto ocurrió cuando llegó la, la televisión a nuestros hogares. So tonight, when we think about the table, I want you to think about these three things that God does with us as our Father when we come to the table. Cuando venemos a la mesa con nuestro Dios, hay tres cosas que ocurren. First, we receive counsel from God. Recibimos el consejo de Dios. Because it's at the table where you say, you know what, I don't know, I'm thinking about running for class president. I don't know if I'm going to win or lose. And that's where you get the counsel of your mom and your dad and your family. Say, you know what, you should go for it. Or, uh, you know what, it, it, it'll be all right. Win or lose, you at least have, have tried. And it's at the table where you say, you know, there's this girl I've been noticing. And, and uh, it's right there where mama says, where does she go to church? And who are her parents? And uh, what kind of household does she live in? And you see those kind Conversations are important because that's where we receive the counsel of our, our family, and so it is 
When you and I sit at the table with God, that we receive the counsel of the Lord. Es ahí en la mesa cuando los hijos hablan y platican que sus padres les pueden dar el consejo sobre sus decisiones, sobre su vida. Y es también ahí donde nuestro padre, cuando nos invita a la mesa, podemos compartir con él el consejo. How many of you tonight would say, Pastor, I need God's counsel? ¿Cuánto dirían, Pastor, yo necesito el consejo de Dios? I need God to speak to the issues of my life. Yo necesito que Dios hable a los asuntos de mi corazón. Well, God has given us a place to receive counsel. Dios nos ha dado un lugar para recibir consejo, and it is the table of the Lord. Es la mesa del Señor. Another thing God wants us to do at the table is to enjoy the benefits of covenant. En la mesa del Señor es donde compartimos los beneficios del pacto. Es ahí donde somos recordados lo que ha sido comprado para nosotros. It's at the table where we are reminded of our covenant. We're reminded of our inheritance. We're reminded of our position in Christ. We are reminded of who we are. Es ahí en, el, en la mesa donde recordamos el pacto, la herencia, nuestra posición en Dios. And it is that place where you and I can sit with God and be reminded of the beauty of the covenant which Jesus Christ made for us on the cross. What kind of covenant is it? It is a covenant of grace. A covenant established upon the simple faith of believers. Es un pacto que Dios ha establecido mediante su gracia a través de la fe de los creyentes. In fact, when Jesus introduced the Lord's Supper, he said this cup is the cup of a new covenant. It was a covenant so important, so valuable, that it undid the covenant that came before it and made it obsolete. It made obsolete the sacrificial system and the laws of Moses. And it made us in partnership with God, in family with God, through the sacred covenant of the blood of Jesus. The third thing that happens at the table is communion. La tercera cosa que pasa en la mesa es la comunión, fellowship, with God. It is there at your family table where you spend time with one another. Es ahí donde usted pasa tiempo con su familia y también pasamos tiempo con Dios. Pasamos tiempo con nuestra familia espiritual. And so also we spend time with our spiritual family. Now the Bible here in this text which we have read actually says that there are two tables that you and I need to be aware of. Ahora, en este pasaje que hemos leído, hay dos mesas que tenemos que saber que existen. And everybody here tonight is eating at one of these two tables. Todos los que estamos aquí esta noche, estamos comiendo en una de estas dos mesas. I hope that you are eating at the right table tonight. Espero que usted esté comiendo en la mesa de vida esta noche. The Bible says here that there are two tables. One is called the table of the Lord. The other is called the table of demons. All right, what are the two tables called? The first one is the table of, and the other is? All right, now those are the two options that every human being has. Dos mesas se presentan aquí, la mesa del Señor y la mesa de demonios. Now, ahora esas dos mesas son las dos opciones que el hombre tiene. 
The Bible presents these two opportunities over and over again. The Bible cautions us to choose between life and death, between blessing and cursing, and now between the table of the Lord and the table of demons and the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. La Biblia nos enseña que tenemos que escoger entre la vida y la muerte, la bendición y la maldición, la copa del Señor y la copa de demonios, o la mesa del Señor y la mesa de los demonios. What we see here tonight is a challenge to us because at both tables, men and women make covenants, enter into communion, and receive counsel. Eso es importante porque en las dos mesas se hacen pactos, se recibe consejo y se entra en comunión. Listen, friends, either we are receiving covenant communion and counsel from the table of God or we are receiving covenant communion and counsel from the table of demons. Now I just gave you a rundown of what God's covenant and God's counsel and God's communion looks like and I don't want to go too much into what the counsel of the demons looks like but you can just imagine what would the counsel of the devil be? ¿Cuál sería el consejo de los demonios? What would be the covenants of demons or the communion or fellowship with demons? ¿Cuál será el pacto o el consejo o la comunión con los demonios? And I would guess tonight that if I said, who wants to sit at the table of demons, everyone would say, no way, Jose, pastor, the title says it all. I just don't want anything to do with that table. But here's what Paul confronts. He tells the church at Corinth, some of you are eating at the table of demons. This was a church. These were church-going people. These were people who, who went and, and, and sang hymns and they participated in the household of God. And yet some of them were sitting at the table of demons. Esta era la iglesia de Corinto. Era una iglesia establecida. Una iglesia que participaba en la, los uh, servicios. Una iglesia que cantaba himnos. Y leía mensajes, pero aún algunos de ellos estaban sentados en la mesa de demonios. This is what seems to be happening here. Is that Paul is correcting a problem in the Corinthian church. In that they thought that they could eat at the table of the Lord on Sunday. And then go and eat with the demons Monday through Saturday. And that the Lord's table would cover them for the other table. Uh, esos corintios pensaban que si ellos comían la mesa del Señor el domingo y comían la mesa de los demonios el lunes hasta el sábado, que la mesa del Señor los iba a cubrir para que fueran a pecar sin problema. How many of you know that sounds like a problem right there? And so Paul says to them, you cannot eat at the table of the Lord and at the table of of demons. Entonces Pablo les dice, no puedes comer en la mesa del Señor y luego también en la mesa de los demonios. Now I want to challenge the American church tonight because I believe there are many who would like to live on the God of the Bible on Sunday, but then they want to live on their own doctrines and their own ideas the rest of the week. Hay muchos que quisieran vivir la Biblia el domingo y el resto de la semana vivir como ellos desean o como ellos quieren. 
Listen, friends, you can't have it both ways. Usted no puede servir a dos maestros. You cannot serve two masters. You have to either eat at the table of the Lord and or eat at the table of demons. Usted come a la mesa del Señor o come a la mesa de los demonios. And this might seem strange, but I'll tell you this, that there are those who would like to mix the counsel of God's word with the counsel of the culture. Hay algunos que quieren mezclar el consejo de la palabra de Dios con el consejo de la cultura. They say, well, what does God say about money? Oh, he wants to bless me. He wants to prosper me. Okay, what does the world say about sexuality? I'll mix that in here with that. What does God say about this? And then what does the world say about that? They're trying to mix the two tables. But friend, God is a jealous God. Dios es un Dios celoso, el cual no permite que su mesa sea combinada con la mesa de este mundo o de esta cultura. And so tonight I want you to just look briefly with me at what it is that is on the table of the Lord and what is on the table of demons. Two basic elements tonight, bread and the cup. En estas mesas está el pan y está la copa. Let's look first at the table of demons. On the table of demons, the Bible describes that the bread that the devil gives is dry, moldy bread. Dice la escritura que el pan que el diablo da es un pan viejo, un pan seco que ya se está pudriendo. Every single one of us in here, when you find moldy bread, what do you do with it? You throw it away. Guess what? The table of the enemy, the table of demons, all it has to offer is moldy, dry bread. What does it have but yesterday's ideas, yesterday's message, yesterday's revelation? Do you know that the devil would be perfectly content with you living on yesterday's manna, on yesterday's word, on yesterday's oh, oh, um, message from God? El enemigo está contento con que usted viva con la palabra de Dios que vino ayer, una palabra vieja, una palabra seca, la palabra o la revelación del ayer. But can I tell you, friend, that the God of the Bible offers a bread that is fresh every morning. El Dios de la Biblia ofrece un pan que es fresco todos los días. Somebody shout amen in the house of God tonight. You don't have to eat moldy bread. Usted no tiene que comer el pan viejo, el pan el cual ha pasado de su tiempo. You know there are some that would like to take you into the law of Moses, but they're offering you moldy bread. There are some that would like to take you into the rituals of yesterday, but they're offering you moldy bread. The fresh bread, the bread of life, the bread that is for today is the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and salvation not by law, but by grace. Somebody say amen in the house of God. And so the enemy offers you dry and moldy bread. The other kind of bread that he offers is leavened bread. Ahora también vemos que el enemigo ofrece el pan con levadura. Now basically leaven is just yeast which is used to cause bread rise, to rise. La levadura uh, se usa para uh, hacer que eh, aquel pan se, se levante. Pero en la Biblia la levadura es un principio que representa el pecado. In the Bible, however, leaven is a picture of sin. What does it mean? It means that the devil wants to offer you 
bread that is mixed with sin. En la Biblia nos enseña entonces que la levadura representa el pecado. El enemigo quiere darte pan con levadura. Él le quiere dar al hombre el, la palabra de Dios mezclada con el error, mezclada con el pecado. The Bible says that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Dice la escritura que poco, uh, que poco levadura puede uh, hacer levar todo el pan. Así también un poco de pecado puede destruir toda tu vida. A little bit of sin can destroy your whole life. And so the enemy doesn't mind if you have the word as long as you have a little bit of error. As long as you have a little bit of sin. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is unleavened. It's untouched by man. It has no man-made agenda. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the pure bread of God. La, eh, el, al contraste el mensaje del Señor Jesucristo es un pan el cual es puro que no tiene pecado en él you know that Jesus is a sinless savior Jesús es un salvador sin pecado somebody shout hallelujah for that he is not contaminated by the sin of this world he is not contaminated by the practice of sin in his own life rather he gave unto God a sinless and perfect offering. Not only that, but leaven also represents the doctrine of the Pharisees. La levadura también representa la doctrina de los fariseos. It represents the teachings of man. Representa las enseñanzas de los hombres. And so the, the enemy at his table will offer you sin and he will offer you man's ideas. Listen, friends. Man's ideas don't work. Man's ideas can't get you out of trouble. Man's ideas cannot redeem. Man's ideas cannot save. There is only one word that can do that, and that is the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ, the teaching of the word of the Almighty God. And so today, I challenge you to think about, am I eating at the table of demons? Do I go to my Bible and then my horoscope? Do I go to my Bible and then go ask my, my uh, sinful friends for advice? Do I try to mix the counsel of the world with the counsel of the word of God? Friend, these two will not mix. They will not come together. For the bread that is on the table of the Lord is first of all a daily bread. It is provision for every single day of your life. You don't have to go to yesterday's bread. You can have bread for today. Every time you open the word of God, it is a fresh word. Every time you open the word of God, it is word for today. Not for yesterday's problem, but for today's problem. En la mesa del Señor está el pan de la palabra de Dios. Y este pan es un pan diario. Es el pan para hoy. Usted dice, no, yo leí la palabra ayer. Usted necesita leerla hoy. Porque hoy este, este pan es vivo y es para usted. This word is alive and it is able even now to meet the needs of your life. You know that God will provide your daily bread, your physical needs as well as your spiritual one. Sabe que en la mesa del Señor este pan representa no solamente nuestra vida física, pero también nuestra vida Espiritual. God wants to meet your spiritual need, but he also wants to meet 
your physical need. Dios quiere que tú tengas cada una de tus necesidades. Y Él quiere darte la necesidad de pan diario. El pan físico como el pan espiritual. And so Jesus taught us to pray like this. He said, when you pray, ask the Father and say, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Give us the need that we have today. How many of you have a need today for, for daily bread? How many of you would say, Pastor, uh, my family needs a meal. My family needs food. Guess what? God cares about that need. But how many of you more so would say, Pastor, beyond tacos and menudo and fried chicken, I need a word from God for my spirit. I need a word from God for my soul. Can I tell you, his word is word and life to your spirit. La palabra de Dios es pan para tu espíritu. The Bible says of the prophet Ezekiel, the Lord said to him, son of man, feed your stomach and fill your body with this book, speaking of the word of God, which I am giving you. And then Ezekiel said, and I ate it and it fed my stomach and it was sweet to my mouth like the sweetness of honey. Ezekiel was telling us about the power of the word of God. Whatever fix you get into, friend, when you eat the word of God, it is like honey upon your lips that satisfies and nourishes the soul. Not only this, but on the table of the Lord you have daily bread and you have spiritual bread, but you also have the bread of God's presence. Because you see, in the Old Testament, the Bible said that there were 12 loaves of bread laid before the presence of God every single day. And these loaves of bread were actually called the bread of faith. En el tabernáculo del Señor en el Antiguo Testamento ponían doce barras de pan adelante de la presencia del Señor. Y ese pan le llamaban el pan de rostro. It was literally uh, called the bread of faith because at that table the priests could sit and eat face to face with God. Ahí, en esa mesa, el sacerdote podía sentarse a comer cara a cara con Dios. Do you know that God wants you to have face time with him? That he wants you to eat and commune face to face with him? To have a personal relationship with him? Dios quiere que usted tenga una relación personal y íntima con él. And today, if you say, Pastor, I'm feeling alone, Come to the table. If you say, Pastor, I'm feeling discouraged, come to the table. If you say, Pastor, I'm feeling like I can't make it another day, come to the table. Because when you sit face to face with God, His Word, His presence will enliven your spirit and give you hope and strength for the next day and the battle that is yet to come. This bread that the Lord offers at His table is the healing of our bodies. For the Bible said that, that healing is the bread of the children. También este pan es sanidad para nuestros cuerpos. Porque la Escritura nos dice que el, la sanidad es el pan de los hijos. So tonight, I don't think the decision is real hard. On the one hand, there is the table of demons. The fact is this, 
All of us have already eaten at that table, haven't we? We've all tasted that moldy bread. We have all eaten that, that lifeless substance that left us hungry for more. We all tried it. You say, Pastor, I don't know. Uh, maybe you called it drugs. Maybe you called it illicit sex. Maybe you called it relationships. Maybe you called it money. But that table left you hungry for more. Can I tell you there is a table that the Lord has provided. And it is a table that if you eat of it, you will never hunger again. It will meet every need of your life. And that on a daily basis will satisfy the hunger of your soul. Not only though is there bread, but there's also a cup at this table. También hay una copa en esta mesa. This cup, the Bible tells us, is either the cup of demons or the cup of blessing. Listen, friends, the world offers you a cup. El mundo te ofrece también al lado del pan te ofrece una copa. La copa de demonios te ofrece placeres. The cup of demons offers you pleasures. It offers you the satisfaction of the appetite of your flesh. Te ofrece el satisfacer de, la, de, la, de los deseos de tu carne. It tells you, come over here. This will satisfy. This will meet your need. And you can leave this building tonight and drive around Beeville. There are any number of places where you can find the cup of demons. There are any number of places where you can find the alcohol that tries to satisfy the thirst of man's soul. You can find a drug house where they sell, uh, where they sell the drug that some think will satisfy their soul. You can find a relationship somewhere where somebody will try to meet the void of your heart. Al salir de aquí, usted no tiene que ir muy lejos para buscar la copa de los demonios. Es una copa la cual se puede encontrar en muchas partes de esta ciudad. Un lugar que ofrece la cerveza que piensas que va a satisfacer la sed del alma. O la droga, o la relación de una persona la cual piensas esto va a ser el fin a mi búsqueda. You may go to a university and drink of the cup of education. You might go and drink of the cup of finance. You might go and drink of the cup of great, of great notoriety. But friend, every one of those cups will leave you thirsting for more. Cada una de las copas que el mundo ofrece te dice, aquí está el placer, aquí está el gozo, aquí está la paz. Pero cada una de esas copas te deja buscando más. And I tell you, friend, the cup of demons will always leave you with a hangover. The next morning, you'll have a head, a, a head-splitting headache, and you will wonder, why did I do that? And yet your flesh didn't know any better. It goes right back to that cup. But can I tell you tonight, there is a cup that has no hangover. There is a cup that brings joy that never ends. There is a cup that brings peace that has no interruption. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the cup of blessing, the cup which God has provided. This cup is, first of all, a cup of God's wrath. Oh, you say, Pastor, I thought the cup of blessing was a good thing. It is, friend. But when you read about the cup of, of God in the Bible, it's, first of all, reference to the wrath of God. And, and you, will you will understand this, that if you reject the cup that Christ offers, you'll have to drink the cup of the wrath of God. 
But if you come to Christ, friend, as you and I have come, and every time we come to the Lord's Supper, we are remembering that he took the cup of God's wrath so that we could have the cup of God's righteousness. He took the cup of God's judgment so that we could have the forgiveness of our Father. Jesús, cuando él fue a la cruz, tomó la copa de la ira de Dios sobre él mismo. Él, él tomó la copa del enojo de Dios. Y a nosotros nos ha quedado la copa de la justicia y del de perdón. This cup is a cup of consolation. Esta copa es una copa de consolación. When you drink of this cup, it brings consolation and comfort to the soul of man. La copa del Señor trae a consolación y consuelo al alma del hombre. It is also a cup of rest. También es una copa de descanso. For you see, when you come to Christ and you partake in what he has given to us in this covenantal meal, you receive the rest that he himself purchased for you at the cross. In the book of Genesis chapter 13, we find the patriarch Abraham traveling after a battle, hard-fought and hard-won battle. In Genesis 13, vemos al patriarca Abraham viajando de una terrible guerra, ganada con gran esfuerzo. But he's tired, he's weary. Está ya cansado de haber peleado y ganado esa guerra. Because you see, just because you win a battle doesn't mean you're not tired in the end. Él había ganado, pero estaba cansado. And listen, because there's a beautiful thing that happens. The Bible said that the Lord Jesus, in the person of Melchizedek, came out to meet him. And what did he bring to the weary patriarch except the table? And on that table, the Bible said that he gave him bread and he gave him wine. He gave him the bread, but he also gave him the cup of rest. Can I tell you tonight what Jesus said? Jesus said, come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. This is the invitation that Jesus makes to the weariness of your heart. You say, Pastor, I'm weary. I've been sick a long time. Or I've been uh, struggling financially a long time. Or I have been fighting a, a relationship issue in my life a long time. Can I tell you that God will give you rest? God has provided rest for you in the person of his son. And finally, this cup is a cup of blessing because it is a, the person of the Holy Spirit. También esta copa es una copa de bendición porque es la persona del Espíritu Santo. The Bible tells us that in the presence of God, there are pleasures forevermore. En la presencia de Dios hay placeres para siempre. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about this, friend. Jesus said, if you drink of the water that man can give you, you will be thirsty again. But if you drink of the water of the Spirit, you will never be thirsty again. Jesús dijo, el que tomare del agua de, del hombre tendrá sed otra vez. Pero si tomare del agua que el Espíritu da, esta agua del Espíritu jamás tendrá sed. The apostles Paul said this. He said, do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. What is he saying? He's saying, take the cup of blessing and drink of the Spirit of God. Drink to your full tonight. Drink with that glorious expectation that God can fill your life 
and fill your heart. Jesus said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. That's why David the psalmist could say in that famous 23rd Psalm, as he said so many years ago, he said, my Lord is able, my shepherd is able to set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And he causes my cup to run over. Do you know that the cup of blessing is an overflowing cup? You can have all that you need tonight in the presence of God. Listen, can I make a simple invitation to you tonight? Can I ask you a simple question? Are you thirsty? Does your spirit long for God? Esta noche te pregunto una simple pregunta. ¿Tienes sed? ¿Tiene hambre tu espíritu de Dios? This table has been set for you. Esta mesa ha sido puesta para ti. And tonight I'm going to have you come and receive the communion. But when you come, I want you to think about it like this. That when you receive the communion, you receive the covenant meal. The meal itself is a picture of everything else that's in the covenant. Cuando usted venga esta noche a recibir la mesa del Señor, piense de esta manera. Que esa, esa mesa, ese pan... Y ese jugo de la vid son los símbolos del pacto. Y si usted tiene parte del pacto, lo tiene todo. When, when I, uh, I watch a baker bake a cake, cuando yo veo a un cocinero hacer un pastel, I see them put in a cake mix, uh, or maybe they made it from scratch and they started with flour. Lo veo que ponen ahí la, la harina, and then they might add some eggs, and they might add a little bit of vanilla, and they might add some um, baking powder, I guess. I don't really know what all goes into a cake. Cuando ellos hacen aquel pastel, le añaden huevo, y le añaden um, un po una poca de sal, y también le añaden uh, alguna um, chocolate, o aquel que, o que va a dar el sabor. And they mix that cake up, they put it in the oven, lo echan al horno, y luego sale aquel Pastel, cuando sale aquel uh, pastel, no sale el huevo acá y la harina allá. You, you bring that cake out of the oven. You don't see eggs over there and flour over here and vanilla over there. You see it all mixed up. And listen, if you were to take a crumb of that cake and, and, and you were to test it, you would find in that crumb a little bit of egg and a little bit of vanilla and a little bit of baking uh, powder, and you would find in there some flour. Everything that's in the cake is in the crumb. Listen now. Everything that's in the cake is in the crumb. Todo lo que hay en el pastel está en la migaja. Si usted tiene una migaja de pastel, usted tiene todos los ingredientes. Listen, friend. When Jesus gave us the Lord's Supper, he gave us the crumb. So that you and I could look at that cup, and we could look at that bread. And know that everything that's in the covenant belongs to me. Just that everything is in the cake is in the crumb. So everything that's in the covenant is in the bread and the cup tonight. So as you come, I want you to receive whatever it is that you need from God from his covenant. I want you to receive it by faith as you take the Lord's Supper tonight. 
And so as we come to this altar, I want you to take the Lord's table. And I want you to take it in faith. I want you to receive into your life all those things which God has provided. Cuando Él nos dio la, la, los elementos, nos da diciendo esto. Todo lo que está en la migaja está en el pastel. Así también todo el pacto está representado en la copa. Y todo el pacto está representado en el pan. Vamos a recibirlo esta noche por fe al, al venir a la mesa del Señor. Would you stand with me please? Vamos a ponernos en pie esta noche. As those come, we're going to be serving the Lord's table. Mientras vienen los que van a servir la mesa del Señor. I want you to make a simple prayer tonight. Quiero que usted haga una simple oración esta noche. Examine your life. Examine su vida. Say, Lord, if I've been eating at the wrong table, I repent tonight. I reject the table of demons. I reject the counsel of the world. I reject the world's ideas. I want to eat at your table all the days of my life. Esta noche, ¿por qué no dice, Señor, si yo he comido a la mesa del mundo, si he participado en el consejo del enemigo, lo dejo atrás. No quiero nada que ver con las ideas del hombre o del enemigo. Yo quiero comer solamente de la mesa del Señor. Father, tonight we come as your people. We're so glad in our hearts because you have made us a family. You have made us part of the covenant. Estamos alegres, Señor, porque nos has hecho familia y nos has hecho parte de este pacto. Ahora por fe, Señor, te damos gracias porque has dado en este pacto el consejo de tu palabra. Nos has dado el pacto y nos has dado también tu comunión, tu presencia. Y al venir esta noche a la mesa del Señor, venimos con gratitud. Te pedimos que bendigas estos elementos para nuestro, nuestra memoria. En Cristo Jesús lo pedimos. Amén.